Hello, and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her. And I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning. This is a spoiler-free podcast. Whether you're watching for the first time or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time, too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary on the show from a 21st century lens. Thanks for listening. Now, on to the episode. Season 4, Episode 16. Who are you? I'm glad I'm not the only one thinking of that. <laughs> this episode is a banger. This is so good. It really is. Um, so, and I think Hush takes a lot of the credit in season four, right? Like, if yes. somebody asks, "What's the best episode of season four? It's probably going to be Hush because it's one of the most classic episodes of the series. So, Hush overshadows this year's girl. And who are you? Which I think is a shame. I love this episode. This is such a good episode. I, I think of them as kind of a two-parter, but I think who are you is the stronger of the two parts just because of the performances. And and it's a joy. Anytime the cast gets to do something a little bit out of the ordinary, right? Absolutely. And you know I love a classic switcheroo. I've always loved those kind of stories. The doppelganger. Like Friday. Yeah, yeah. And like um, doppelgangland in season three when Willow and her evil self did a little switcheroo. I was like, yes, 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 more. Yeah, I love uh, in science fiction. I love body switching episodes. You know, every series that does one, Stargate, Star Trek, whatever, like it really forces the actors in question to bring on their A game because now they're not just playing a character but they're playing how another actor plays that character, right? Yeah. So like in this episode, Sarah Michelle Gellar is hilarious. She does such a good job of playing Faith pretending to be Buffy, right? And like you can tell that difference. And I have so many notes throughout of like compliments for like, this works, this works for me. This is totally... Faith yes. in Buffy's body. This is totally Buffy in Faith's body. It's it. They yes, do a Eliza good job. Dishko too. Like she, there, there are a couple moments where I, I too, I wrote in my notes. I'm like, wow. Like you just, you nailed the Buffy inside you. Like, <laughs> ooh. And I don't know if you noticed in the um, credits that roll after after the opening credits in the in the guest star, they credit Eliza Dushku as Buffy. Oh, that's so cool. That's so funny. Um. Yeah, and another reason why this episode slaps, it's like because, I'm sorry, but like the middle of season four has been a little bit of a drag for me. I haven't noticed. Yeah, well, I mean, we had like, you know, Doomed. We had a lot of fun with the new man, but that's also not like a standout episode. And then like the I and team and the Goodbye Iowa and the Riley stuff, you and I are just like, oh, like an Adam and like, oh, Professor Walsh is gone. Like we've, we've hit a little stumbling block in this season and this just woke me up like i was excited last week for this year's girl but like this episode it's just so fun to watch it reminds me of season three buffy let's get into it 
<laughs> Let's talk about it. So we uh, cut to the crowds and the police cars and the ambulance. We, that we pick are... up right where we left off, which I know you enjoy. I do. I always love. You, it's want, like, you want Buffy to be 24, basically. <laughs> basically. It's like, I want everything to be a continuous day. Uh, and it is in this case, because all those things are outside the Summer's home. And a cop is telling Joyce and, and Buffy... I put in quotes, that, you know, it's a good thing you called. We've been looking for the girl since she broke out of the hospital. Oh, yeah. And a quick heads up, everybody. I didn't get to say this before we started. Uh, you might hear banging, perhaps swearing, cussing um, <laughs> in the background of my recording today. Just just heads up. My husband is wallpapering <laughs> our our downstairs floor. And it, it's he's, he's frustrated. So you, I'm, you I'm might sure hear that. I'm sure anybody who has a husband who has wallpapered or indeed anybody who has wallpapered themselves understands what you're coming from. Yes, he's not usually this aggressive, but tonight he's, he's on edge. So you might hear a cameo from him. Who knows? Um, sorry. Yes. Yeah, so the cop is talking to Joyce and Buffy, question mark. And Joyce says, like, what's going to happen to her as in Faith? And then we, we get a, a shot of like Buffy. Like we keep the camera keeps looking at Buffy who keeps looking pointedly at the cop. And the cop says, well, they're going to, you know, check her out of the hospital. And if she's in stable condition, she's going to jail pending trial. And Joy says, I just hope she gets some of the, like, some kind of help. And the cop says, first thing is to keep her from hurting anybody else. And Faith is being wheeled away into the ambulance in a stretcher. And she's really out of it, I guess, like, Buffy punched her super hard at the end of the last episode. Well, okay, okay. I think I think we need to get some terms clear here, because yeah. otherwise it's going to get really confusing. So let, let's, let's call... Faith in Buffy's body, Faith, because that's who she really is, right? Yep. And let's call Buffy in Faith's body, Buffy. So Buffy in Faith's body is getting wheeled away in the ambulance, right? Yes. But remember at the end of the last episode, I was like, they switched. And you're like, we don't know if they switched. So at the end of this scene, I think it's pretty clear that they did. Yes, But this is also an extension of the last scene. So... Um, yeah, so like like Kara saying, Buffy's being wheeled away into the ambulance and Faith is holding Joyce's hand and Buffy's really out of it. So she's like not quite coming to yet. And um, cop the cop just like, thanks them, right? He's like, I'm, like, you know, I'm glad we could finally got this kid. Thanks and, for doing our work for us. <laughs> well, as always. And Faith says, she's not a kid. I just mean that she's very strong. And the cop says, yeah, this Faith chick, definitely dangerous. So Joyce goes inside. And Faith is watching the ambulance pull away and says she really is, or she truly is. Yeah, it, it's not clear to me. I actually, I went back and I rewatched the last scene of the previous episode. And then I watched this, you know, watched this episode. Because I'm trying to figure out, like, when do they actually show us that they switched bodies? They don't show us that at the end of the last episode. It's just the flash of light. And then there's a subtle, very subtle difference in attitude. Other than Buffy talking to Joyce with, like, one line, there's nothing really else happening. And in this episode, again, like, there's no indication in that opening scene exactly of what has happened. Like I mentioned earlier, after the credits, we see in the guest starring that Eliza Dushku's playing Buffy, which might have confused some people. I'm just, I'm trying to wrap my head around this from the perspective of somebody who's never watched the series. Watching these episodes now, of course, because I've seen the series, I don't know how many times, I just know what's going on. And I just, I'm curious, uh, any first time viewers out there who 
didn't have this spoiled by anybody else yet. Like, when did the penny drop for you? I'm just kind of. I honestly believe that at the end of the last episode, it was pretty clear. Because doesn't doesn't Buffy say or Faith say in Buffy's body like five by five, and that's such a Faith line. Yeah, I just I don't know if people might see that as ironic if they don't know what's coming, right? I think it's you just... need to have more faith in people, Kara. Oh. <laughs> I think it's you need so to believe in their intelligence. <laughs> With a series that's this old and that I know yeah. so well, it's just so hard for me to remember sometimes what it's like to feel truly surprised by something. Yeah, and I'm you just know? teasing you. I think you're very sweet to try to get into the shoes of first-time listeners. So let us know. If this was confusing for you, when did you know? When did you know they switched bodies? The switcheroo happened. So we cut inside the Summer's house and Faith is walking around, stretching her arms, you know, the way that Faith does. And Joyce is like Faith. And she turns around alarmed. And Joyce says, why do you think she's like that? And Faith says, you know, she's a nut job. And Joyce is like, I don't understand what could drive a person to this kind of behavior. And Faith says, well, how do you know she got drove? Maybe she likes being that way. And Joyce is like, I'd never believe that. I think she's horribly unhappy. And Faith says, could be things are looking up. A little stint in the pokey, show her the error of her ways. I'm sure there's some big old Bertha just waiting to shower her ripe little self with some affection. And that brings her some pleasure. And we came down hard on Buffy in season two for making prison rape jokes. Faith is a little bit more on the rough side so i'm not surprised she's made this joke but i do want to draw attention to it again Mm -hmm. these kind of jokes aren't funny yeah joyce says buffy she's surprised she made that joke too joyce knows what's up and faith (laughs) says i'm sorry mom it's just when i think about how she might have hurt you i just can't stand it and it's like a mock seriousness right and joyce hugs her and we see faith like taking in this hug and like grimacing like she's like oh like oh so she she gets out of it and this broke my heart because Joyce was like, oh, sorry, because like Joyce thinks that like she o- she misread that moment, like she overstepped and like mm-hmm. hugged her daughter. And I'm like, oh, no, Joyce. And Faith says, no, no, I'm just I'm just sore from the fight. And she's stretching again. And this is the first time I noticed and wrote in my notes that Sarah Michelle Geller, her physicality as Faith is spot on. Right. Like just so mm. restless, moving around her arms, even the way she like, you know, punches her fists together. Like this is like she must have went back to season three and just watched Eliza Dushku's performances in all of these different episodes, you know? Yeah. So Joyce tells her, like, I've missed you. <laughs> Sweet, hot Joyce. And Faith says, because I haven't visited, right? I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> because remember in the last episode she was accusing fate um she was saying her and joyce are similar because buffy left them both behind and we didn't want to believe it but here she's like aha confirmation again it's been too many episodes since we've seen joyce so it's kind of true i know i know sweet joyce and like i don't i forget if i commented it on her the way she looks in the last episode but she looks hot oh you did oh she's hot to trot so Joy says, I know how it is. Like, she, you've got so much in your life right now. And Faith is like, yep, I'm a busy little beaver, college and all. And Joy says, of course, but maybe we could spend some time together soon. And it's like so vulnerable and sweet. And, you know, she's like, some night when I'm not being held hostage by a raging psychotic. This is interesting because Faith kind of just like hears that. And then she's like, count on it. Right? Before she's like, I'm going to go take a bath. Um, 
And I just think this is so interesting. This is the first little taste we're going to get of Faith experiencing the love and appreciation that Buffy gets from the people in her life. Yeah. And it's also so funny because my note here was, oh, you're just going to go have a bath. You're not going to help clean all the broken glass and the broken, the busted door and table that was left behind from your fight. I mean, at this point, I feel like Joyce has some kind of service on speed dial. <laughs> right. And like, oh, yeah, they broke her upstairs window again, like her mm-hmm. bedroom window. So there's glass all over her bedroom. <laughs> I'm going to go take a bath. <laughs> And we, we, it would have been so funny if, like, over the next couple scenes of, like, Faith in Buffy's body, we actually got shots of, like, Joyce vacuuming in the background. <laughs> Furiously vacuuming. Faith has her, seat, her feet up on the table, like, moves them slightly when Joyce comes by. She's eating pizza. Honestly, that's not that different. I mean, take away the violence of, like, the fight. But it's not that different when you visit home when you're away from university. It's called back home balling. <laughs> When you're treated like a hotel guest. Oh, you might not know, but like you come home and you're treated like royalty, like for three days, right? They're like, oh, you want (laughs) snacks? Oh, you're tired. You're going to have like a five hour nap. That's so great. Like you're, you're a guest. So this is what, this is what Faith is experiencing. So we cut to Faith in Buffy's body again, um, having a bath and she's like taking in the new body. How weird would it be being in somebody else's body? So weird. And like Faith is the kind of girl I think who would want to explore the body, obviously. Right? Like it's a little bit creepy to begin with. Like it's like, oh, Faith is like touching Buffy's body. Oh, we're going to talk about Faith's creepiness for sure in this episode. (laughs) But like I think this is what body switch episodes get to is this ultimate interrogation of this idea of embodiment. And if I can get a little philosophical for a moment, the the whole way that the experience of having a body influences our sense of self, right? Like who we are is determined in part by how we experience the world around us, which is mediated through our body. So for example, I'm a tall witch. Uh, as I've mentioned previously, six foot four. Earlier this week, when I was at the grocery store, I got to help not one, but two people get things from the top shelf because they were too short to reach. Good for uh, you. You're here. Right? Made my day. I love doing that. And it's just like, but that's my experience of the world, right? Mm. Is as a tall person, I experience the world very differently from somebody who's shorter. And it's like, can you imagine if I traded places with a shorty for a day even, how different that would be and how that, you know, longer term that would affect my sense of self. But it's like... You know, the body switching thing is like this instantaneous thing, right? It's not like a gradual change like I'm going through with transition. It's like, boom, now you're suddenly somebody else. And so it's it not just as we're going to get into later, Faith having to take on that persona of Buffy around her friends and loved ones. But it's even as we're seeing in this scene, dealing with those physical differences of you're not in your own skin anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really well said. And it's so interesting that you bring that up too, because it's like for me, like I'm an average size woman, like in height and, and weight. Um, and I often think like if I like if I could switch with a body with anybody, I would pick like a six foot four beastly man because <laughs> then I could go for walks at midnight. Like, like I wouldn't feel in danger. I could go anywhere I wanted, right? And I'm like, I mean, that's the fun thing when you think about switcheroos because you're like, you know, what could you do in a different body? However, like 
However, I, I don't think I'd want to take a bath if I was in somebody else's body, but Faith is relishing this, right? She's wanted to take Buffy's life for a while, at least to Buffy, but now we're starting to get the idea that Faith kind of always did. So the next scene is Faith in front of the mirror, uh, trying out Buffy's facial expressions and testing out her, kind of like her morality phase, uh, phrases. And well, and her tone, her diction, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, why, yes, I would be Buffy. May I help you? And it's really funny. It's super funny because she's like, um, you can't do that. It's wrong. And she tries it out many times, right? She's like, you can't do that. Because it would be naughty. <laughs> she's like, oh, no, that's not it. And then she's like, because it's wrong. And it's just, it's very, she's mocking Buffy and the personality she thinks Buffy she's has. She's mocking Buffy. There's also something quite unhinged about it, right? Like, this is the the scene where we see her assimilating Buffy. She's no longer, she 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 took Buffy's body. That happened earlier. But now she's taking Buffy's identity. And like I said earlier, this is where Sarah Michelle Geller starts to deliver this amazing performance where, as you noted earlier, the physicality, you know, her facial expressions, but like the tone, this isn't Buffy. And we know it's not Buffy, thanks to that performance. I agree. Uh, and we cut to Buffy and Faith's body in the hospital. And she's freaking out because she's strapped in and they're sedating her. And she's like, but she's with her, my mother. We got to help, you know. Uh, so we cut to Willow, who's lying on Tara's bed, saying that she wonders where Faith is, right? Like she hasn't made her move yet. It makes her queasy. And Tara is sitting next to her doing tarot cards. And she says that she thinks Buffy, like, do you think Buffy can handle her? And Willow says, yeah, but that doesn't mean Faith can't hurt someone else. And Tara says, you should be safe. No one knows you're here. They don't even know I exist, right? So this is an interesting way to approach this conversation, Tara. Willow touches her knee and she's like, hey, right? Because Tara's making it, she's making her stance and being like, you're not incorporating me into your friend group or into your life. And I've noticed and Willow says, it's not that I don't want my friends to know you. It's just that Buffy's my best friend. She's really special. And there's this whole bunch. Uh, there's a whole bunch of us and we fight demons together, right? We're, we're all part of the Slayer group. And I, I really want you to meet them. But it is kind of like having something that's like, she does like having something that's just hers. Like, it's, you're just mine. And I think it's so sweet, number one, the way that Tara's looking at her during this little convo. Like, she's so smitten. And again, they're talking in little hushed, beautiful voices. It's very ASMR. I'm so relaxed whenever I watch them. Um, But I do think it's weird. I was like, Willow, (laughs) are you justifying not showing Tara or not introducing Tara to your friend group because Buffy's special? Like, (laughs) that's kind of confusing to me. It's because... Buffy's special and therefore everything in their their group revolves around Buffy and slaying Tara and Willow is Willow's alone right it's like it's not connected to slaying it's connected to the witchcraft but it's not related to who Buffy is Mm, I see I see yeah Yeah, good point so so Willow says I don't use words to say stuff like that you know say say stuff that little you know usually but do, do you get it and Tara says I do and they stare at each other for a bit and Willow's like okay well I gotta go check on Giles and get a status update so she gets up to go and Tara says I am you know they look at each other and Tara's like yours like I am I'm yours and <laughs> okay smiles all around um this is it, Kara. Like we can, yeah. I think this conversation we can definitively say that they're falling in love. I 
was not expecting this rewatch to identify with Tara so much. But yeah, like I'm feeling it. I'm feeling Tara. Like this is me. This is how I am. Uh, this is how I love. I love, you know, platonically, but like ardently and quietly. And, you know, I'm not flashy about it, but the people in my life, if I feel love for them, that's that's how I am, right? It's just, it's this quiet and dignified, but incredibly certain statement. Um, and I'm very awkward about it, like Tara is, but I'm also very pure about it. And that's what we're seeing here. And I just, this is me. Aww, it's so sweet. It's so pure. I, I don't even think she's that awkward about it. I actually kind of love that she seemed really confident to tell Willow this. Like, she knows that Willow won't reject her. She just knows that she's like, I want to tell you. And yeah. I and I've said this before, that Tara never really hit me in any way, shape, or form when I was younger and watching this show. But re this rewatch, just like you, where you're saying you're, you identify with Tara a lot more, I just... I just think she's lovely. Like, I just love her presence on the show. It's needed. This soft, feminine voice. This, like, girl who's, like, shy, but her confidence is coming out in the way she's falling in love with one of our favorite characters. It's just it's just lovely, lovely to watch. I'm happy for them. Willow, introduce her to your goddamn friends. So <laughs> let's go to Faith, who's chosen the most Faith outfit that Buffy owns. And I want to say over the next little bit that, like, Faith, like, again, Sarah Michelle Gellar, knocking it out of the park. Great Faith impression. Faith is not doing a thing to try to hide that she's not Faith. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's not trying at all. She's wearing, she's, so she's got her traditional wavy hair with the, with the red lipstick. And she's wearing leather pants. And this is, this is what got me the most. She's on Joyce's bed with her shoes on. Yep. That is a... Faith move. We watched her do that in season three, and we were like, you fucking monster. Well, and, you know, she sits, sits with her legs sprawled apart, man-spreading, right? Because, yeah, not ladylike. Well, and it's also, Faith is so used to living by herself. Remember the, all those scenes from her motel room? She spreads out on the bed. Like, she's used to living on a bed in the sense of, like, probably doesn't have a couch that often. When she's by herself, she's very uncontainable right mm -hmm. she's kind of like a wild animal in that way and she's not used to the possibility in this case as we see in a moment of joyce just walking into the room she, i think she genuinely forgot that joyce was there <laughs> yeah i think that's a good a good observation what she's doing is she's on joyce's bed stealing her money and taking her credit card because she's booking herself a flight to san francisco and it's not till 10 30 a.m the next morning or sorry 10 a.m the next morning and joyce comes in she's like what you doing and she's like oh i'm just getting my mail and joyce says that giles calls wants her to come by the house and faith is like you know what yeah yeah, like she's got some time to kill. Why not fuck with the Scoobies a little bit, right? Have a little fun before she leaves. So she's about to take the lipstick that Faith had put on uh, earlier that night with Joyce. And Joyce is like, oh, that's funny. That's the one that Faith picked out. Because she is Faith, Joyce put it together, the boots on the bed and everything. And Faith huh. says, burn it and throws it back to her. So we're in the cop car. Buffy is coming to in the back seat. And the cop is like, man, I want this kid's constitution. 
Um, suddenly, a giant truck smashes into the cop car, murders the, the two cops in the front. Just kidding. We don't know if he, they murder them. But like whenever these cop cars get into some sort of accident, just like back in Bad Girls, they just they just pass out. <laughs> they, they can't they can't handle it. They really do need the Slayer's Constitution. These guys come out and grab Buffy and put them in the back of their truck. And they're like, by order of the Watcher's Council, you are being taken into custody. So it was the Watcher's Council. You you were right, Kara. Yeah, these are the same gentlemen that we saw at the end of the previous episode who just showed up in Giles' house unannounced. You know, once again, everybody just walks into Giles' house without knocking or even in this case, waiting until he's home. <laughs> exactly. And remember, they burnt out his lights and Giles is like, you can replace those before you leave. <laughs> so uh, we're at Giles' house and Faith walks right in because she's Buffy. Whereas the last episode, she was staring through the window. She wasn't part of this. But now here she is front and center, right? So she comes in, Willow, Giles, Xander, and Anya are there. And I love this because she's like saying everybody my name, right? She's like, Giles, Willow, Xander. And then she sees Anya. She doesn't know who Anya is. So she's like, everybody. <laughs> so she is like, you know, I kicked face ass and like she's on her way to the big house. Cops took her off my hands an hour ago. Poetic justice. And she's so like smug about this. Giles says that Faith is no longer in police custody. The Watchers Council took her and they, they sent a retrieval team, basically. And Faith is like, uh, yeah, because it worked out so well with Wesley, like when he tried it last year. And Giles is like, this is a special ops unit, okay? Apparently, the Watchers Council's counselor are a bunch of murderers, is what I'm learning from this conversation, because Giles says they handle trickier jobs like smuggling, interrogation, and wet work. And when Xander says that means scuba work or <laughs> scuba type stuff, Anya clarifies. She's like, it means murder. <laughs> I love this. Also, I gotta say, um, Xander, don't feel too bad because... And I know this is a safe space, so I'm just gonna just sharing this with you, Steph, and nobody else will know this. Mm. I once thought that macrame was macaroni art. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> so there you have it, Zadar. I, I know how you feel in this moment. We all have things to be embarrassed about. I'm not gonna share mine live on our podcast, though. <laughs> I mean, you've already She's... spent long enough telling me how much you love Angel Steph. So. That's not embarrassing. That's that's pride. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> so um, they're taking Faith to England. You know, she's going to be gone for a long, long time. Faith laughs hysterically at this. And everyone's like staring at her. Because remember, Buffy was very emotional about this. She was very empathetic for Faith. She was very conflicted, right? Because she's the one that helped contribute to what how Faith is now. So... She, but Faith just like says, oh, I'm just happy, you know, because Faith is evil. And Willow says, yeah, I hope they throw the book at her or other things. And Faith is staring at Willow and she's like, I forgot how much you don't like Faith. And Willow's like, after what she did to you? And I was like, you mean after what she did to you, Willow? <laughs> Faith is, uh, so Willow's just saying like, oh, I hope these council, I wish these council guys would just give me an hour alone in the room with her. Ooh, you know, I need, you know, be larger and grenades and everything. And Faith says, I bet I know what Faith would say to that. And then she stabs Willow in the stomach with a knife. And oh my God, it's just, it's just imaginary, right? It's in her head because she's 
a psychotic stabber. She just loves stabbing people. But it's interesting because we see this little flash of her murdering Willow, but then we get we cut back to her and Willow just staring at each other. And it's funny because in the background we can hear Anya talking to Giles and she's basically saying, everything's fine, so wow, like this couldn't have been a phone call, <laughs> which is really funny. Um, but while they're staring at each other, Willow says, what's up? And Faith says, I never let her hurt you. And this is interesting development too. So we saw her see the connection with Joyce and be like, all right. And now she's connecting with Willow and Faith in the past is unrestrained, right? She definitely would have wanted in her nature to jump forward and stab her to death. But she's resisting. She's holding back. Because it's wrong. (laughs) Because that would be wrong. So... They smile at each other. So here she is. She's forming a, a, she's seeing this connection and this trust between Buffy and her friends. Xander's glad they're free because her, him and Anya have a romantic evening ahead of them. And Anya's like, yep, we're going to light a bunch of candles and have sex near them. And Faith says, we certainly don't want to cut into that seven minutes. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's such a really good line. Um, and Anya's like, hey. And Xander's like, I believe that's my hey. Hey. And I I do find it very hard to believe that if they when they had sex in the Zeppo that it was seven minutes like more like two or three. Oh, I see. I just thought it was Faith being cutting, but now I see what you mean. It's a callback to when she and yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Faith just says, "Lighten up, we're out of danger. Like everything's good." And Charles is like, "Well, what about Adam?" And Faith, of course, is like, "Of course." Adam. <laughs> yes. She strokes her chin. Adam. Wavy flashback. Right, right. Mm, who's, mm, and Adam's like, what's up with him? And Giles is like, well, we don't know. <laughs> so Faith go- launches into Buffy's hero voice, right? Where she's like, well, don't worry about it. I'll patrol tonight as long as it takes. You guys have your fun. I'll be doing my job. <laughs> Smash cut two. Faith dancing at the bronze. <laughs> And she's partying, you know, hair flailing about. And there's this whole pack. I I think I can describe them as a pack of guys. Uh, in your notes, you describe it as a giant orgy, but <laughs> their clothes are still on. Uh, it's the Bronx. A dance orgy. So Faith is dancing and she bumps into none other than our favorite toothless vampire, Spike. Apparently, he's hanging out here because, of course, he got kicked out of Willie's place. He can't hang with the demon crowd anymore. So he's going to hang with, I don't know, the underage teenagers that the Bronze apparently keep serving along with the college-age crowd. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Spike's like, are you keeping tabs on me? Going to give me a hard time now? And it, he like the way he says it, it's almost like he wants to have a spat with her. Like, he's just, he's missed the banter. He's dying for some well, interaction. He, he wants to matter, right? Right. He wants yeah. to matter so bad. So, of course, as with Anya and these other characters, Faith is like, who the hell is this blonde guy? <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, do I usually give you a hard time? And Spike says, you don't have to worry about me drinking unless you're here protecting innocent beers. And Faith is like, you're a vampire. <laughs> Real quick on the update here. And Spike's like, was... Soon as I get this chip out of my head, I'll be a vampire again. But until then, I'm just helpless as a kitten in a tree. So why don't you sod off? Isn't it so nice that Spike gives exposition for him so that, you know, right. Faith can feel caught up? 
<laughs> and Faith actually takes the suggestion. She turns to leave and Spike can't have this, of course. He didn't actually want her to leave. He's just putting on a show. Uh, insecure man. Yes. So he's like, fine, throw it in my face. Spike's not a threat anymore. I'll turn my back. I don't know. I just like, I love this interaction, right? Yeah, this this scene is really good for a lot of reasons. I have a lot of thoughts on it, but like, you're right. Like when he's just like, um, he gets mad. He gets mad when Buffy, well, who he thinks is Buffy, dismisses him, right? Because he's like, I used to fucking matter, right? It's the struggle with Spike this season is being emasculated as a vampire, but also as a villain. And in this scene as a man, right? which I find really fascinating. Well, and because he and the Slayer had some epic fights back in the day, he was going to kill the Slayer. Now he can't kill the Slayer, and she considers him beneath killing. Right? Love it. Yep. Mm -hmm. And he can't stand it. Faith finally twigs on the name Spike, and she's like, William the Bloody with a chip in his head. I kind of love this town. <laughs> and Spike's like, you know what? I really hate you, Summers. And then Faith's rejoinder. I love this exchange. She says, because I'm a stuck-up tight ass with no sense of fun. And Spike <laughs> says, well, and then he stops because he realizes that, yes, she's actually covered <laughs> Pretty much exactly what he was going to say. So, yeah. And Faith goes on to diagnose Buffy. It says, because I can do anything I want, but instead I choose to pout and whine and feel the burden of slayerness. I could be rich. I could be famous. I could have anything, anyone. And she's leaning up against Spike now. She's getting closer to him, looking up at him and says, even you, Spike. <laughs> and so she's like pushing against him uh and then she launches into quite a sexual speech oh she's seducing says, him yeah i could ride you at a gallop until your legs buckled and your eyes rolled up i've got muscles you've never even dreamed of i could squeeze you until you pop like warm champagne and you'd beg me to hurt you just a little bit more and you know why i don't and then <laughs> she's been practicing this line she leans <laughs> As close to him as she can get and says because it's wrong and then pulls away and laughs and like this is textbook emasculation and i think mm -hmm. the thing that's so juicy about this scene is like spike said faith has not said anything that's false all of that was true including the sexy bits and buffy could say these things to spike and maybe part of her wants to but she never would because she doesn't really care to hurt Spike in that way. So what Faith is doing here is so consistent with who Buffy is, but an unfettered, uncensored Buffy. And I think that's what makes it bite so much harder for Spike. Yeah, I agree with that. And like Spike gets really upset by this, right? Because she laughs at him. She, she emasculates him. She laughs at him. And like we've said before, right? There's nothing worse to a man than a woman who laughs at him. Yeah. So Spike's like... I get this chip out. You and me are going to have a confrontation. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. And he like throws his drink too, right? Because Faith says, yeah. count on it. <laughs> and yeah. leaves. She's and like, bye. Like, <laughs> you know, this. There, there's nothing here for Spike to hold on to, right? Like I think in previous episodes, even though he had the chip in his head, he was part of the gang in a sense. He was involved in the action. Yeah. Now he's nothing. He's, you know... It's basically a parallel to Angel 
eating rats in the in the sewers or in the back alleys right like he's nothing and in that case angel was brought low by having a soul and being weighed by the burden of guilt in this case spike is brought low by having a chip and being weighed by the burden of how far he's fallen Mm -hmm. and that's why like i find this scene incredibly interesting because let's face it like that was a hot conversation right like she's seducing him she's all up on him and he's not not liking it do you know what i mean and we've been talking ever since spike came back in season four we're saying well he's obsessed with buffy right there's something about buffy that is in his subconscious that he's his obsession with what i think is what what sounds like he wants to kill her it's based on violence and a power struggle and being her equal. But now that he's no longer her equal in any of that way, he never really was, but in his mind, he thought he was. His vampire nature, in my opinion, is moving from his obsession with her to be violent and to kill her. This conversation is kind of sparking that sexual obsession with her. And I don't think that's been a thing yet. And if it was, maybe it was in the very back of Spike's head. Yeah, I mean, I think there's been a lot going on. There was the whole he was going to marry her at one point. Well, that was a spell. (laughs) That was a spell. Um, I think, however, we we have to remember that when he first saw Buffy, she was 17, uh, 16, dancing at the bronze. And he was like leering at her. Right. And we've always talked from the very first time we met and met Spike in school hard that they have a very sexual dynamic in what they say to each other. And there is a chemistry here. But I, I do think that the sexual part of his obsession is sparked now because I don't think he would have allowed himself to really think about Buffy that way. But Spike's a kinky sexual man. Like we know based on his relationship with Drusilla, like with the chains and the blood play and the, the violence that was part of their sexual history. We know that he's into that stuff and Faith is playing into that because Faith is also into that stuff. But Spike thinks that it's Buffy and that's why I find this so fascinating because it's it's not. He is attracted to Faith's personality here in Buffy's body. Yeah, I mean, I'm willing to stipulate that maybe this accelerated Spike's sexual obsession with Buffy. I think we would have got there eventually regardless, you know, because mm-hmm. like I was saying, I think Faith is embodying just a slightly less restrained Buffy in this case. I hear what you're saying that the, he he's falling for Faith, not Buffy in this moment. But, mm-hmm. you know, everything that Buffy does here, she could do with Spike if she chose to. But she it's wouldn't. That. That's the thing. Like so Buffy, far, well, right? so far, but like at this point, Buffy would never have said or seduced Spike right. in any way, shape, or form. This is one hundred percent Faith, Faith's personality, Faith's sexuality, and it turns Spike on. So I'm just saying, like, I think, I think his obsession with her sexually is actually sparked by Faith's personality, not Buffy's. I think he likes to see Buffy as. This, like you said earlier, right? Like, yeah, you are uptight. Like, that's, I was going to say that. <laughs> like, you have no fun. And Faith is yeah, showing yeah, in here Faith that Buffy is... might have fun, but she doesn't want to have it with Spike. Right. Yeah. Faith is delivering into his family. But what I'm saying is, I think, I think you and I are seeing cause and effect reversed, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're saying she's causing it. I'm saying it's already there and she's therefore fueling it, right? Like, he's got this fantasy already and suddenly fantasy Buffy is right in front of him and he's like what but this is in my dreams right 
Interesting. So I, mm, okay, so yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, and I think there's a good argument for both of our cases. I honestly think this is the first time that Spike would... I think it's the first a, time we definitely see it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't know what's going on in his head in the background. I honestly think, though, ever since then, right, I want to kill the Slayer. I'm going to get that Slayer. I'm going to beat that Slayer. I just feel like it was a more violent vampire versus vampire Slayer dynamic because that's what he had with the other Slayers. And he's probably not sure himself why Buffy in particular is a Slayer that he's obsessed with, so obsessed with, other than the fact that she's thwarted him over and over and over again, emasculated him over and over and over again so poor spike just wants somebody to step on him (laughs) basically faith really puts him through the ringer here and he thinks it's buffy (laughs) right Uh, but buffy has never emasculated him in a sexual way that was faith so i guess we'll have to see how this plays out in the in later episodes perhaps it won't perhaps it will who can say but this is something that this is a really interesting scene for spike's character and honestly, like, I want more faith in Spike. <laughs> like, I think I think that they would be a very interesting dynamic on the show if there was more of them. So let's cut to the worst part of this episode, in my opinion, which involves Adam, the main villain of this season, I guess. Um, we're in the sewer. There's a group of vampires and they're going to hide there. And Adam's there, right? And they're like, get out of here. And he's like... I've been thinking about vampires. He probably has a floppy disk that he's reading off of. And he says, the sewers are where you hide. You know, you hide from humans. You crawl in their filth, scavenging like rats. What do you fear? And Adam kills the Asian vampire (laughs) out of this group, uh, beheads him. I'm sorry, Steph. I know. It just hurts, okay? Another Asian vampire gone too soon. Um, But he basically says, yeah, decapitation kills you. You know, the cross, sun, fire. And the lead vampire is like, oh, if you want to stay here, just stay. Like, we'll leave. And Adam's like, no, you fear death. Being immortal, you fear it more than those to whom it comes naturally. Vampires are a paradox. And the, demon, the vampire's like, all right, man, cool. We're a paradox. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, please just like, don't, don't behead me. <laughs> and he's like, um, Adam says, like, demon in a human body, you walk in both worlds and belong to neither. I can relate to that. So come, I've got lots to talk about. So he's just collecting dis- disciples over here. This is so creepy. Mm. it's so unsettling adam strikes me as one of these guys where you don't want him to be your enemy but honestly you really don't want him to be your friend at least if he's your enemy you know that he's not on your side and you know that you should fight him but like in this scene he's like buddying up with these guys they're not safe from him though right like he's gonna be their friend but it's this contingent thing and I'm just like, in just the way he smiles, he's like a shark. Uh, those vampires better be careful because he really wants to dissect them is why he's really there. So um, let's cut to Buffy, who is stuck in that truck in the back in like a cage. And uh, she's chained up. And one of the Watcher Council guys like staring at her when she wakes up. And he's like, we're taking you back to the mother country. Seems like you've been a naughty girl. And Buffy's like, look, you made a mistake. I'm not Faith. I'm Buffy Summers. Faith performed some kind of spell. She switched our bodies. And here's my first note about Eliza Dushku's performance as Sarah Michelle Gellar, which I don't think we see to its full extent until later in the episode. But here, Agreed. here, I do think in her voice, she's capturing Sarah Michelle Gellar's earnestness when she's being Buffy. I, I do think she's she's mm-hmm. got that down. So 
Uh, the council guys are at the door and they're just like, wow, I've never heard that one before. Good for you. And Buffy says, we have to find Faith. Like, just call Giles. And uh, they say Giles no longer works for the council anymore. Neither does Buffy Summers. Yeah, you showed up at his house. Right? To get a, a couple tips. <laughs> you can't have it both ways, guys. I know. Don't, like, talk shit about Giles, but ask for his help and steal his light bulbs, you know? Ha, 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 ha. Giles' light bulbs. <laughs> I mean, every episode, we're like, rest in peace, Giles' house. No one respects it so they say you know you're the package i deliver the package i don't much care what's inside so he leaves and the one like guy is like to buffy he might not care but i do the watchers council used to mean something you perverted it you trash we should have killed you while you were asleep and he spits in her face oh my god like if anything buffy did more to pervert the watchers council Buffy's the good little slayer who quit. Right? Faith just, like, killed somebody. But it like it's not like she killed Alan Finch and yelled, the Watcher's Council made me do it. Like... <laughs> I know it's just everyone everyone hates faith and it's it's more Buffy's fault in this case you're right okay let's go to the bronze because Willow's bringing Tara to the bronze for the first time and she's like oh we used to live here and then she sees Buffy and it, it's faith obviously who's watching a guy chug a beer so again like these like she's only 19 here so she's not allowed to drink but she's watching this guy who is clearly allowed to drink a 21 year old maybe chugging a beer at the bronze which we've never seen before Willow says um, that she wants Tara to meet her, so she pulls her over, and Willow's like, uh, Buffy, and Faith's like, Willow, and... <laughs> Much like before with Anya. Yeah. And Willow's like, oh, this is Tara, and Faith's like, oh, we've never met. Great. Like, <laughs> I'm having a thing with names. She's just, like, so relieved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Faith goes and sits on the couch, and like you said earlier, right, like, just, like, legs everywhere, just very, <laughs> very casual. And um, she, she said she came here to let off steam, right? And Willow's like, good for you. <laughs> you shouldn't work too hard. You want a soda? And Tara says, can I have a water? And Willow gets up to leave. And Tara watches her walk away because Tara's in love with her, right? And she's admiring her butt. And, Is that uh, what people do? Admire butts? Well, just watch. I, I never, I did not notice that. It's interesting. Oh, yeah, no. She watches her walk away because she's in love with her. It's a classic oh. romance right there. Ooh, I love romance. So... Faith sees this, right? And she knows immediately what's up. She's like, okay. She's like, you guys hanging out a lot lately, huh? And Tara's like, oh, yeah. She's like, she's really cool. And Faith smiles at that and says, so Willow's not driving stick anymore. Who would have thought? I guess you don't really know someone until you've been inside their skin. So can we just take a moment to talk about Faith's perceptiveness here? <laughs> yes. I think that this shows us, right, how... Faith has a certain level of worldliness that Buffy hasn't had because Buffy's had kind of a sheltered life, right? She grew up in an affluent uh, L.A. neighborhood, high school, right? And then she moved to Sunnydale. Um, and other than maybe Larry, she hasn't really met a lot of queer people, as at, at least that we know of. Um, you know, it sounds like Faith is just a little bit more aware of queerness and you know different types of of sexual attraction versus buffy right because faith kind of picks up on this right away and i don't think buffy would have if buffy were there oh i agree with you and also like we know based on subtext not actual text that faith is queer right she's she's very likely bisexual um we don't right. know for sure but it is something that well i we've mean all she and buffy last season like 
I was kind of hoping, well, not hoping, because I, I know how this episode goes. <laughs> Wouldn't it be interesting if Faith and Riley had switched bodies? <laughs> there, yeah, I mean, there's so many people that would be hilarious to watch switch bodies, like Spike like, and Giles. Faith, <laughs> Faith and Riley's body, and then we could, like, Fuffy could be a thing. Mm, I mean, that's a fan fiction, absolutely. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hey, I love that idea, and I like that we've had to stop and talk a little bit about queerness and Faith's ability to see it immediately, and I agree with you. I don't think any of the Scoobies would have picked up on this yet at all. Tara's really confused and uncomfortable with this conversation, obviously, because Faith's being so rude, and Faith says, uh, and Oz out of the picture? Never seen two people so much in love. She just couldn't get enough of old Oz. So Tara's like, oh, he, he, and then she starts to stammer because she's nervous and faith mocks her stutter which is devastating right she's like you could get that sentence out sometimes tonight and willow comes over and points at a guy who's leading a girl outside and she's like it's a vampire and i like this because faith is like oh yeah it's wicked obvious and then she leans back (laughs) and then they're staring at her and she's just like oh i uh like i i should slay him (laughs) and she gets up to go and she grabs a pool cue on her way out and outside, the, the vampire's biting the girl. And Faith is just like, hey. And, like, she stakes him really quickly. Um, and the girl is so grateful, right? She says, like, thank you. Like, thank you for saving my life. And Faith is, like, taking this in. And she's just like, it's cool. But, like, you can tell this shakes her, right? This appreciation for a skill that she was born to do. And something that she hasn't done in a long time. Well, I, I think, you know, not only has she not done it in a long time, but I think in the past... Faith's approach to slaying was always very aggressive based on the story she's told us. And her appearance is edgier and more aggressive and less approachable than Buffy, right? Buffy's the cute blonde girl wearing the skirts and the peasant shirts. And, you know, I think Buffy's appearance, the outward appearance, has a lot to do with it as well. This girl is thanking this other conventionally attractive person for for saving her. If Faith had been in her own body and saved this girl, I think the girl would have been a little bit more intimidated by Faith's appearance, right? And I think that has part of it as well. Yeah. No, I agree with you. They go back in and Willow says that Tara's not feeling well. She's going to take her home. And Faith is like, yeah, you give her whatever she needs. And then Willow asks if if Faith is going to stay. Well, is Buffy going to stay at Riley's that night? And look on Faith's face. She's like, (laughs) I'm about to stir the pot. Yeah, she's like, I'm great idea. Yes. Yes, I so am. How does how does Faith find Riley's place? That's what I want to know. Does she like go ask around? I wonder if she just does what Spike did that one time and just like broke into the records and just like quickly looked it up, you know? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised because Riley's such a bad commando in keeping his secret that he's probably posted it on Buffy's like wall. <laughs> Like, this is my room number or something. Oh, you're right. She's just going to go around and be like, so uh, where do all the commandos live? Right? Like, where are the soldiers at? Or what? which fraternity is the initiative? And they'll be like, oh, it's obviously, what was the name? Was it Porterhouse? I can't remember what the name of their dorm well, was. Well, and she did She did see Riley through Giles, the, the window of Giles' house that one time, right? So she might also just go around and be like, so where does the blandest, most <laughs> Iowan guy live? <laughs> They're like, oh, right there. <laughs> oh, you must be Riley. Oh, are you, are you talking about Riley? Yeah, he's just over there. Um, 
So Buffy is making a lot of noise in the cage and the guy is coming to sedate her. She grabs one of them, one of the Watchers Council guys, and she's like, you know, like slowly and politely, you know, undo these chains or I'll kill this guy. And the leader's kind of just like, yeah, do it. All right. Because like every time we yeah. do a job, we always make sure we have our affairs in order first. So he ca- he's Which, calling honestly, Buffy on, if, her bl- if, on her bluff. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're going to be an antihero like this guy, like... Fucking do it! Like yeah. this is <laughs> do what it. I, I honestly I do, I love it. I love it when, and I I know that these guys aren't good guys, but I love it when the good guys call the bad guys on their bluffs, right? Like mm-hmm. if anybody's watched Brooklyn Nine Nine, there's a moment later in the series where uh, Amy actually shoots Jake in the shoulder, mm-hmm. you know, to stop the bad guy, and I think it's fantastic <laughs> like that's that's true love well I, I it's so funny too because they just walk away they're like okay whatever and they leave and buffy's not gonna kill the guy so she kicks him out of the cage right but basically they're saying well this is gonna be a lot more difficult than we thought like i don't think we can bring her over the border so let's like find out like the what plan b right so let's cut to riley who's doing schoolwork question mark because you and i were like are they even pretending to be in school anymore but he, he appears to be pouring over a textbook in his room and uh Faith is at the door and she says, hi, baby. And she's got an evil grin. Oh, my. Let's cut to Tara's room because Willow is bringing her home and she's like, oh, we'll get together again with Buffy soon. I think you're really going to like her. And Tara's like, she's not your friend. And she's like, I don't think that she's her. And Willow's confused. And Tara just says, like, a person's energy has a flow, a unity. Buffy's was fragmented. Like, it graded, like something forced in where it doesn't belong. Plus, she was kind of mean. <laughs> And Willow asks if Buffy's being possessed. And I love this because Willow is like, did you did you sense a hyena energy? Because like hyena possession is just unpleasant. <laughs> Great like season one callback. We love, love a season one callback. Oh, always, always. And like let's not forget season one ever. So thanks, Willow. Um and Tara asks if Willow has something of like Buffy's, and just so happens that Willow is wearing her ring. Uh, so Tara's opening this book and she's like, there's a passage to the nether realm. There, it's like a ritual and you can find Buffy there and we should be able to see like, you know, we can find something that'll help her. But the nether realm exists beyond the physical world. Accessing it is kind of like an astral projection. It's very intense. I'd have to be your anchor. Keep you on this plane. And Willow says, I trust you. And Tara starts to say, like, it's nothing that we've ever done before. And Willow says, I trust you. Oh, did you hear? I just heard yelling from Seb. I did, yeah. Smashes. He's throwing stuff. He's really mad. <laughs> wow. I'm not going downstairs tonight. Um, so, Tara, this is a really awesome way to get Willow to have magic sex with you. And you know what? Respect. So, back at Riley's, he's asking who he thinks, who, like, he's asking Buffy, is everything okay? And Faith is saying, yep, she, Faith is, you know, heading back to England and I got the consolation prize, which is you. And she's straddling him on the chair. She's like, okay, so I don't have to worry about Faith showing up because I was actually really curious to meet her. And Faith is like leaning back and like doing a little sexy, little weird dance on top of him. And he's like, well, I guess I was until about 30 seconds ago. That's right, Riley. <laughs> Riley's got goldfish braid where the moment a hot woman shows up, he can't remember anything. He's like, where am I? <laughs> Who are you? That's why, the, that's why the episode's called Who Are You? It's about Riley <laughs> being confused and turned on. So 
Um, Faith says, uh, you wouldn't have liked Faith. She's not proper and joyless like a girl should be. Like, Faith has a tendency to give in to her animal instincts. And she's, like, biting Riley's lip. She's, like, super sexual, right? As Faith is wont to do. So... Riley's like, the door's open. And Faith's, and he's like, he's like, well, you know, my fantasies don't include a bunch of Marines staring at me. And Faith is like, well, maybe they can learn something. So Riley politely, you know, stands her up and he goes to close the door and he's clutching his wound while he's doing that. And um, he's saying that, you know, it's not that bad because the, the drugs that Professor Walsh gave him probably did make him stronger because he's healing really quick. And Faith is like, we should take you for a test drive. And he's like, well, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> On the bed, Faith is sexually crawling, right, in a sexual way. She's like, um, how do you want me? And Riley sits down, is so confused. He's like, huh? <laughs> and Faith is like, what do you want to do with this body? What nasty desire have you been itching to try out? Am I a bad girl? Do you want to hurt me? And Riley is like, what are you playing at here? And Faith says, well, I'm Buffy. And Riley's like, okay then I'll be Riley. <laughs> and Faith starts to push away, right? She's like, oh, you don't want to play with me? Meh. And Riley grabs her and he's like, that's right. Like, I don't want to play. And then he gently kisses her and she she's into it. She's like, okay, we can gently kiss. So I want to say here that I really like Riley in this episode. I think he's really Ooh, good. Tell me more. Well, I, I think he's really good. And we've been ragging on him a lot lately because honestly, it was hard to watch him go through those <laughs> changes in the last couple episodes because for many reasons that we've said, right? We, we we haven't seen his development. We don't have that emotional connection to him or that understanding really of his background and his feelings and why this, you know, Professor Walsh's death and the initiative, like why that matters to him. So it leaves us in a little blank spot, right? Where we're just like, oh, who cares? We don't care. It's boring. But when you put him in a scene like this one, where he's very vanilla, right? He's very straight. He's by the book, but it's juxtaposed with face sexual aggression that we're so used to. It's very compelling to watch and it makes him more interesting. Ooh, okay. And when you said earlier, like they should switch bodies. And I, I, I liked that you said that because I knew later in my notes, what I wanted to say was that I actually really like Riley in position with faith and how their mm. personalities contrast with each other because Buffy and Riley are both very vanilla <laughs> and it's 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 not as compelling as watching Faith with Riley and seeing how they react to each other and you notice like Faith loves being in charge when she's having sex she's on top she's she's in control she's letting Riley take over and Riley is like offering her the most boring sex ever known to mankind with his fishy sex face but right, so, but she's letting him she's gonna let him yeah so that's kind of what i saw in this scene is like we make a lot of fun of riley for being boring and justifiably so and the sex scene between riley and buffy uh in a couple of episodes ago was just so cringy oh yeah but in this scene just like we shouldn't kink shame people who are kinky i don't think we should vanilla shame riley right like R riley's vanillaness is legitimate whether or not somebody thinks that's attractive totally up to you but like the way you were describing it the way that it um is juxtaposed with faith's kinkiness and aggression is so fascinating and she's so uncomfortable by his need to kiss her and um be gentle with her 
because she's not used to that in the sex that she's had with other people, presumably other men, right? She has convinced herself that sex has to be an aggressive and rough game almost, right? And you're either dominated or you're the one doing the dominating. And I don't think she's ever had this kind of sex. Now, I will say, I do, I do think the show's trying to put a value judgment on this and trying to be like, oh, poor Faith, she's never had the good kind of sex. Yeah, I agree. Right? Yep. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go that far, right? I, I think whatever, you know, consenting adults consider to be good for them, great. Um, but I think it is also worth examining, right? Like how we how we build our sexuality, how we build our attitudes towards sex, Riley's attitudes towards sex may be a little bit repressed from how he grew up. Uh, Faith's attitudes towards sex may be a little bit skewed because of how she's grown up. And in this scene, they clash. And isn't and that so interesting? Yeah, it's really yeah. interesting to watch. And again, like, yeah, we're not shaming Riley for being vanilla. Like, obviously, we comment on it and we're like, well, this isn't very dynamic to watch when he's with Buffy. But it's showing why that's actually a great thing. And like like you said, there's the context of like, you know, this is better than the kink sex that like, you know, kink shaming. Um, but it is nice to see how sex with Riley, which, you know, perhaps it is vanilla, but it's love making to him. And that's something that Faith has never experienced. And it's probably a good thing that she does. So that's, I mean, a lot more to say about them though, uh, to come. But hey, you know what? Right now it's ASMR time because- we're going to watch some witch porn. Willow and Tara are performing this spell, which includes, you know, slight touching of their knees. They're sitting on the floor, um, circling their hands in like making half circles to, to make one big O, you might say, as they're, you know, gently saying the spell. I'm super relaxed when I'm watching this. And then I was like, oh, 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 oh okay. Because they start sweating and panting, right? And the, the ring or the O... I should say the O of light rises up and the higher it gets, <laughs> the more they pant and they look at each other and they touch their hands and literally Willow falls back and onto the floor panting and has an orgasm. <laughs> well, and the way that the shot's framed is it looks like Tara might be going down on her. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. You know, like we don't we don't see Tara at all. We just see Willow's upper body, but it's it's filmed in that way of like that suggestiveness from how Al, um, Allison Hannigan like plays the scene. Yeah, and I will say here that the WB at this time, this is two thousand, I think, uh, possibly nineteen ninety nine. They straight up said no women on women kissing scenes. Right? We will not allow it. America's not ready for it. <laughs> Even though they did give us a boy-on-boy kiss scene in Dawson's Creek this very year. So, interesting. Um, but yeah, they're like, we, we don't want to see it. Which I find actually incredibly irritating watching it back yeah. now. Um, for yeah. many reasons. But one is because can we just remember that Buffy's had sex with two men that we had to watch? Parker and then Fishy Riley? So Out of wedlock. <gasps> Right? Like that whore. <laughs> so we can't even watch Willow and Tara have a sweet little kiss because they're falling in love. We got to watch. I mean, hey, I'm not complaining. This is a very erotic scene. Like, good for oh, them. It's an amazing scene. Yeah, yeah it's and, a great love scene. You know, hat, hats off to everybody involved in creating it. I he- Yeah, I'm with you on this stuff. And this is something I've really kind of been pondering as we move through this season because, you know, I knew this was coming. 
And again, because we try to make this show quote unquote spoiler free for new listeners. <laughs> we get called viewers, out on that so much. <laughs> I know. Um, but like I was tr- I was trying hard and you might have heard me in previous episodes being like, oh, I don't think they're a thing. What are you talking about, Steph? Like, I, I, I'm being coy, but like, I'm also, I'm just, I'm trying hard to look at it as like, if you don't know that they're going to get together, how are you seeing this? But at the same time, it, it's so hard because we're finally in a place as a society. And believe me, I will not pretend everything's great, but like, we do have more and better queer representation on our TV shows, which is fantastic. It's so strange. It is so strange watching this show here in 2022, whether it's your first time or like us, it's your 10th or 12th or whatever time. Like this is the best they could do back then. And it's it's not good enough, but it's it's still at least something. But it's also just like, how do you even talk about it? How do you talk about it now? I don't know. Yeah. I'm overwhelmed. Oh, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. Well, you know who else is overwhelmed? Willow, because she had a giant white circle of an O. <laughs> well, and this is the other thing, too. I will say this. I completely understand that this is a metaphor for sex, right? They're doing magic, and the magic is as good of is is as good for them as if they were physically intimate. And I have two ideas about this. The first is this is clearly meant to contrast the lack of intimacy happening at the same time between Riley and Faith, right? Well, Riley's feeling intimate. Right, well, um, <laughs> Riley's got the intimacy for sure. <laughs> so I think I think there's the way they've juxtaposed these two moments with the two different pairs of characters. Super obvious, but also just really well done. Also, though, as an asexual person. I really enjoy the fact that there's an acknowledgement here that there are activities other than sex that can bring you a lot of joy and intimacy with people that you love. Because just because I don't have a romantic or sexual partner, that doesn't mean that my life is free of intimacy. Uh, it just means that my the way I experience intimacy, the way I experience closeness with people doesn't happen through that physical contact or touch um and and the the emotions that i feel when i'm intimate with people are not necessarily romantic or sexual types of emotions and so i like in this scene and i I don't want to erase the queerness or the lesbian component of the scene right but like i just i like from the scene that we're seeing these two characters be close to one another and it's not all about the physicality I think it's actually really important that you brought that up, Kara, because some people might actually just think that they're doing a spell and feeling that intimate together, which is what literally what the show is showing us, right? Like we're reading the subtext and we're like, well, this is sex. Yeah. But if you're watching it through that lens, they very much didn't touch each other except for their hands. And the intimacy they're feeling is through their connection and through their shared love of magic. And that's fine, right? That's totally fine if that's yeah. something that you got out of it too. Like, oh yeah, they're really close. They're falling in love or they just really care about each other and it's not physical and that's fine too. So what a great scene. But then let's get to this next scene because, oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Right. Okay. All right. Let's leave this passionate ASMR sex scene and go straight to Riley and Faith who have just finished lovemaking in... 
Riley like, Stave Riley style. literally looks like he just orgasmed. Well, he did because we can see his his fish face where he's looking down at Faith, looking into her they eyes. They were having missionary style sex. Oh yeah, his, and, his, faith, you know, his faith. He's just come and now he's like, I'm done. Was it good for you too? <laughs> <laughs> did you come? <laughs> I'm so sorry for anybody underage listening to this podcast. <laughs> They'll learn one day. Um, so, so Faith, he's looking in Faith's eyes, aka Buffy's eyes, and he says, he whispers, he says, "I love you." Oh, Kara. Like I said, I really like Riley in this episode for the way that they're pairing him up with a dynamic character like Faith. But the wave of sympathy that I felt for this guy in this scene when he says that... This is the first time he said it, too, right? Yeah, it is. And it's also the first time I've ever felt sympathy for him. Because, like, he was going through it a few episodes ago. And you were mean. We're like, yawn. Like, we were so mean about it. <laughs> That's um, true. But, but no, but here, I, I was like... <laughs> we're, we're mean. Um, we're mean girls. But no, when I was watching this scene, honestly, I, I'm like, this is so unfair that this is happening to him. It's not his fault. And like he wants to tell Buffy, his girlfriend, in a very intimate setting and in an intimate way how he feels, express himself truthfully to her. And it's not her. Okay. Okay. Question, though. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't understand any of this. Okay. How do you feel, Steph? about a boyfriend telling you that he loves you for the first time like just after sex like he's just been inside you he's on top of you right now and the words come out like is that not a little bit awkward not at all not at all it's like what we just said with tara and willow right it's the intimacy and feeling connected and close to somebody doesn't have to be physical but in a lot of cases, you express your love and your physical relationship through having sex. And you can definitely definitely feel more connected to your partner right after that happens. Because it is it can be a very beautiful moment shared between two people if right. you look at I'm it just, as making love. I'm just thinking of like, for the other person, that's a lot of pressure to say I love you back, given what just happened. It's true. No, I do think, hey, if it's the first time you say it, it can be a risk anytime, not just after sex, just just in general, because the other person might not be ready to, to share it. Um, but Riley clearly was so into this intimate sex with Faith, a.k.a. Buffy, that he felt he needed to express it. That's how he's like, I, I just feel so close to you. And I wanted to share that. So, so yeah, in some cases, I think some people might find that awkward for, for me and like the experiences I have and how I talk to my friends. I would imagine that this is actually the right time for Riley to have brought it up had it actually been Buffy. And that's why it breaks my heart that it's not her. Because in a lot of ways to me, this scene, it, it's actually truly unforgivable what Faith has done oh. here. Oh, hell yeah. It crosses so many lines in so many ways. And I will say here, like earlier, um, our listener Veronica had asked us um, when we get to the scene, like, do we consider this cheating? Because Riley slept with Faith, not Buffy. And my honest answer is no, it's not cheating. It's rape. And it's not cheating because Riley truly believes that this is his girlfriend. This is Buffy Summers. And he's having Mm -hmm. sex with his girlfriend who consents to to this, right? On Faith's perspective, yes, it's cheating. She knows that he thinks it's somebody else, that he's being coerced. Yeah, she's deceiving him. Yeah, of course. You know, we've talked previously how science fiction is lovely for bringing up, like, new ways of looking at 
things that aren't possible in our world, looking at like consent. We've talked about like age of consent with vampires and stuff. And I, I love this predicament, right? I love thinking about it. But to mm-hmm. me, it's kind of like, you know, imagine you have identical twins and they're so identical. I know that in, in real life, most identical twins are not indistinguishable. But for the sake of argument, imagine you had two twins who are so identical, you can't tell them apart. And, you know, you're dating one of those twins and sleeping with them. And then they switch places and it's the the other twin, right? Like that's deception, right? It's it's not your fault if you can't tell the difference. I mean, and, and towards the end of the episode, I think we need to talk about how Buffy feels oh, about oh, Riley sleeping with Faith in her body. But like, you know, I, I'm with you on this. I feel sympathy for Riley. We can talk about whether or not he should have noticed that she wasn't Buffy, like Tara noticed right away. But at the end of the day, keeping in mind that as much as Riley likes to think that he's good at all this supernatural stuff, he really isn't. Oh, he sucks at it. There's no way he would ever, right? ever I, guess. I don't think he was ever briefed on body switching. By no one was. <laughs> yes. So I, I, I think it would be very unfair of us to be standing here being like, oh, yeah, like Riley should have known something right away and yeah. like kept his dick in his pants. No, and, like, that's, that's not what we're here to do. No, 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 no. Yeah. So I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. I, yeah, I want to call it what it is. It's not cheating. It's not cheating. It's rape. It's, it's rape on Riley, but also on Buffy's body. Yeah. Because Faith is inside Buffy's body and, and she yeah. did not consent to it being used in this way. Because let's remember, right? That's the whole point of rape. Rape is about power, not sex. And for Faith, you know, yes, does she enjoy having sex with Riley? Probably. But like, it's not about that for her. It's her exercising power over being in Buffy's body, power over Buffy's boyfriend. That's literally the definition of rape. And and it's interesting to me that this is such a small part of the episode. I mean, that remains to be seen. Uh, uh, Like, I'm not surprised that the episode took it here, because like you said, science fiction and body switching and everything, it actually presents us with really interesting concepts on how to discuss consent and discuss rape and these kind of topics. However, the show has a terrible track record of dealing with these situations when they come up, which is more often than we like to say. So I, I don't think... So so while I'm not surprised that we're seeing a situation like this when Faith and Buffy switch bodies, I am very skeptical on how they're going to handle it in the episodes moving forward. That's true. We we don't know what the fallout's going to be from this. Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and find out. So so yeah, so poor Riley, honestly, like he's a victim here. I feel very terribly for him. Um he says he says I love you. Faith has a panic attack. She's a straight up panic attack where she's like, like, get off me, get off me. And like, Faith, you're the slayer. You could shove him off her. But for whatever reason, she's just like stuck. And he takes way too long to get off her, right? He's just like, what? <laughs> He's probably still inside her. He's just like, that's all I can think about uh, is my dick. I <laughs> don't want to think about this. I'm just, I'm just being honest. My sympathy um, extends only so far. <laughs> you're like, no, no, no penetration. So um, she's freaking out. She gets up and she says, like, who, like, who are you? And what do you want with her? And Riley's sweet. He, like, gets up and he's like, you know, what's wrong? And he puts a blanket around her. He's like, you're shaking. And he comforts her. But Faith is saying this, in my opinion, because she's literally like, how could anybody, 
have sex the way that we just had sex and have it be about love and have it be about both of us or about her even and not about yourself. Like what's in it for you? She is freaking out. She's feeling all these things that she's not used to feeling. And yeah, I mean, that's the the backbone of this whole episode, right? Is Faith switches bodies with Buffy, expecting it to fix everything, but it actually breaks her further, which we're going to see in a bit. Yeah. And I also want to add here that again, like this is just so sad that this is the first time in this season that I really get why Riley would be a good boyfriend for Buffy. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, he's a nice guy. And like, me and you made fun. We're like, why is she interested in him? Because he's so boring. But like, look at the way he comforts her, right? Like, he she rejected him when he said that. But he's still there for her. And I think that's a really important thing to show for Riley's character. Especially right now, after a couple episodes of me and you being like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? Um, I also want to just do a really quick shout out to Faith as a character. Because, I mean, hey, I'm really pissed at her for... We missed her. That's what makes this episode so good. Oh, like, whether she's being played by Eliza Dushku or Sarah Michelle Gellar, face a wonderful character. She's She brings a lot of fascination. But look at... You and I compliment James Marsters, who plays Spike, very often when we're during season four, saying, like, he brings out like these great relationships and this great dynamic with every scene that he's playing. Well, Faith as a character does that in this one. Look what she did with her with her conversation with Spike. And now look at she's making Riley interesting. <laughs> this is like pretty pretty cool. So, let's cut really quick. Remember Adam? Adam's still talking to those vampires and he's like t- telling them, you know, like He's accepted his responsibility that he was created to kill and extinguish life where, whatever he finds it. And he says, vampires live in fear and desperation because they didn't have that gift. And it's time to face your fear. He says, "They are. Uh, you guys are here to be the first, to let them know I'm coming. Ask yourself, what is it? Uh, more than man, more than anything else, what is the thing you fear? This is very messianic of him, right? Yeah. He's positioning himself. And we're going to see this in, in later on in the scene. But also just like, to go back to something Adam said in his previous scene where he's like, you live between worlds. Oh, just the parallels in this episode. That could apply to Faith in Buffy's body, right? Mm-hmm. She's between worlds. She's the Slayer, but she's not the Slayer. She's Buffy, but she's not Buffy. And then what Adam said could also apply to Spike, right? Spike is a vampire, but he's not a vampire in, in the way that counts for Spike, right? He's evil, but he's not being evil, but he's not good either. And so he's stuck between worlds. And it's just like, oh, like, Adam, I you're not a great villain right now. But for some for some reason, you're explaining the theme of this episode very well. You're really reading the plot very well. Um, It also applies to Willow, right, who's stuck between moving from her past where she was like a techie nerd who was apparently straight. And now she's moving into this more this more magical queer territory where she's leaning like you notice lately like willow has been leaning a lot more into her witchcraft than her tech like she used to be the tech girl she used to be on the computer all the time right and she was known for that and yeah then in the last episode we had buffy being like you know hack the initiative uh or if you can't do it with tech use magic and it's just like when did willow become good at well like good enough for that isn't it so interesting that the the more we see of willow and tara and their relationship developing the more witchy she becomes, right? Her magic is definitely tied in with her queerness, and that's something we got to keep our eye on, too. Mm. God, this episode's so fucking good! <laughs> All right, 
Let's cut to Faith, who is getting dressed in Riley's shirt, and she's leaving him in the morning because she has to go catch her flight. Forrest approaches her as she's on her way out of the building. And um, Forrest knew that she was leaving because he's taking over Maggie Walsh's spot in watching the cameras in Riley's room. (laughs) So he says, um, you know, he has to, like, you're not letting him rest. He needs to mend or whatever. And Faith says, well, I think you should just stay out of other people's lives. And I was like, wow, Faith. That's pretty rich coming from you. (laughs) So Forrest says, we've got a mission here, back when Riley could think for himself. And Faye says, you've got a mission? I've been fighting demons since before you could shave. And Forrest says, yeah, you're a killer. And that triggers Faith. And Faith says, I'm not a killer. I'm the slayer. And you don't know the first thing about me. And Forrest says, you really care what I think? that's not true, right? I mean, I know Faith is being Buffy right now, but like, Faith is a killer. And like you said, that's why she's triggered by this. She's realizing that she is a killer. She has killed people. She's a bad person. She's a courier killer. (laughs) Contract killer. (laughs) So yeah, so she she gets really overwhelmed by this conversation and she leaves. So the Watcher's Council has gotten the order to kill Faith. They approach her with the gun but Buffy's way too good. She like you kicks his stick the... the gun between the bars, dude. What is this amateur hour? Clearly, clearly, that's why the Watchers Council has gone to shit. It's not because of faith. It's because you guys are incompetent. Right. So Buffy manages literally with her legs to take that guy out and take his gun, help herself escape She's by got shooting muscles the locks. You never dreamed of. <laughs> Ooh, she. I mean, faith wasn't wrong. Um, so she gets to the front of the car, and I love this. I love this because we know canonically that Buffy's a terrible driver, <laughs> and she knows it too when she gets to the front of the truck, and she's literally like, keys, okay, I'm good at this. I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy's so funny. So um, she manages to escape, basically. Um, and we cut to Faith really quickly, who's getting her ticket at the airport, and Giles is eating his breakfast and it's interesting because he's coming from his bedroom but he's got like a full plate of food and i was like wait would you cook that like you got, you got like what like in the office do you have like a grill by your bed where you just like <laughs> i was wondering that too like he's got all these uh cups in his head too right and i'm thinking like maybe he's cleaning up from the previous night i just love you know, waking the up to the there. smell of bacon <laughs> No, I agree. I mean, we're, Giles is living his best bachelor life. Here. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, maybe it was a gift from Olivia. So Buffy comes in uh, and it's like very abrupt because again, no, like Giles should just lock his fucking door, you know? Right. Or um, else they all have keys. I don't know. But I don't know. Well, Buffy wouldn't have keys on her when she's in Faith's body, we would think. She'd True. have to kick the door down. Um, True. So Buffy comes in and it's it's like there's an oh shit moment here, right? Where Giles is just like, that's Faith in my house um and buffy's like i'm not faith (laughs) and giles says really because the resemblance is striking and buffy says don't move right i'm not faith you know giles you just have to and then she she interrupts herself and says stop inching you were inching (laughs) you were inching (laughs) giles is is moving gradually i think he just wants to put the plates down personally yeah He's like, I fucking, you, like, I spent all morning making this fucking bedroom <laughs> breakfast and you're going to ruin ah, it for ah, me? Ah, ah, ah. Bedroom breakfast, dinner <laughs> in a bag. Mmm, <laughs> bedroom breakfast. So, so, I, this is where I was noticing, because we're finally seeing 
uh, Eliza Dushku standing and like, you know, doing more physical work. Um, and this is where I noticed like the depiction of Buffy here in which like Faith, like we said earlier, when Sarah Michelle Gellar is being Faith, she's moving around the way Faith does. She's like really, really restless. Whereas Elijah Dushku as Buffy is standing still and tense, yes. which is what Sarah Michelle Gellar does as Buffy. Um, and she's a lot more whinier in the way that she's yeah, talking, she, she, right? She holds herself upright, right? Yeah. There's this uh, posture change. Yeah. And yeah, there's a moment a bit later in the scene where I'm like, that is 110% Buffy, uh, which we'll get to here because Giles... Uh, Giles says, I'm Buffy, or sorry, Buffy says, I'm Buffy. And Giles is like, oh, because he was not expecting that. Yep. Um, and so Buffy, you know, goes on to explain what happened, basically filling Giles in. Uh, and Giles is like, well, if you are Buffy, then you'll let me tie you up without killing me until we find out if you're telling the truth. And Buffy rejects this because she's like, I don't have time for bondage, <laughs> which fair, but also like, that's a weird joke to make with your daddy. Well, also, like, that's a faith joke, right? That's like right. that's not going to help convince. That's true. That's what faith would say. Yeah. Um, so she's like, ask me a question. Ask me anything. Which is, you know, 110%. That is how you determine if somebody has actually switched bodies in real life, right? Yes. yes. You always got to, like, I know something that only the real Buffy would know. Um, so Giles is like, well, how did I turn into a demon? And Buffy says, because of Ethan Rain. Uh, you have a girlfriend named Olivia. You haven't had a job since we blew up the school, which is valid lifestyle-wise. It's not like you're a slacker. Also, Olivia's still in the picture. <laughs> we haven't seen her well, since Buffy Hush. Well, doesn't necessarily know that, right? No, true, true, true. You know, I don't think Giles is going around confessing about his breakups to the Scoobies. Well, someone turned his bacon maker on this morning. <laughs> I never want to hear that phrase again. <laughs> bacon maker. <laughs> Anyway, and then, and then Buffy says, um, when I had psychic powers, I heard my mom think you were like a stevedore during sex. Do you want me to continue? And Giles is like, actually, I beg you to stop. And But Buffy is barreling on. She hasn't stopped talking. She says, what's a stevedore? <laughs> and it's this exchange that I, I just, this is the most Buffy exchange ever because she's rambling, right? She's just listing off all these examples. And then as Giles is protesting, she doesn't even stop before she just, she turns her head. Her eyes are just, they narrow just a little bit. And she's genuinely asking what a stevedore is because, you know, Buffy, you know, did not study as much in school as she could have. But like, it's this, there's a gentleness there that Faith typically doesn't have and that Buffy tends to have. And there's, it's also... Buffy gets off track a lot and goes on tangents. And I, just, I, lo I yeah. love it. I love it because it's it's a tenderness between her and Giles that we've seen in previous seasons. Oh, we love a good Buffy rant, right? We love when Buffy goes on a tangent because she's feeling awkward or overwhelmed. Um, I actually would say that it's her vulnerability, right? Where she says, what's yeah. a stevedore? Like, she's not afraid to say, I don't know what that is. I'm confused. Um, and I, I didn't know what a stevedore was either. I looked it up. It means a person employed or a contractor engaged at a dock to load and unload cargo from ships. So like, okay, Joycey, Joyce, Hot. Stoner Joyce has <laughs> some sort of laborer kink, some sort of fetish for dock men. <laughs> I love to know we that. We know the kind of porn Joyce is watching. <laughs> Fisherman porn. <laughs> so Giles, I think he's buying it now, or at least he's just very confused. 
and and Puffy's like, I'll explain everything after we get Faith. Once he, this is like a play. Willow and Tara run in. Nobody's knocking at Giles' door. <laughs> I will not stop talking about that. Manners, people. So Willow and Tara enter the stage, and Puffy's like, oh, right. Okay, so more people I have to explain this to. And before she can do anything, Will, Willow's like, oh, yeah, you're Buffy. You switched bodies with Faith, probably through a draconian Katra spell. Aha, of course. <laughs> of course, it makes total sense. Um, so then she's like quickly introducing Tara to Buffy and Giles. And she's like, Tara's a powerful witch, you know, talking her up. And Tara smiles and stuff. And uh, she's like, Tara's the one who knew right away that you weren't yourself. Um, so we connected with the nether realms, she says. I'll, I I bet your nethers were connected to something. Oh, you connected, all right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, then she's like, we conjured this. And she holds up a little box. There's like a little green gemstone. It's glowing. And she's like, it's a homemade Katra. You know, we just, we just got you a little something. Buffy, of course, is very jazzed that she does not have to explain this to anybody else. But before they can move on and try to figure out, like, what do we do now... The phone rings. Uh, Giles answers. And he's like, yeah, Buffy's with me. It hangs up. Doesn't explain anything. <laughs> that was apparently Xander telling them to turn on the TV. Because he knows that Giles won't have the TV on unless he needs to. And uh, we have a reporter. Which I see in your notes he said it was the same reporter talking about <laughs> who talked about the little boy. Goodbye, Iowa. Yeah, give her a raise, I'm saying. She's on the ball, this one. <laughs> That's true. So apparently, uh, horribly disfigured people, which is a very ableist way to talk about vampires and vamp face. <sighs> yeah. Um, you know, they've uh, barricaded themselves inside a church and they've got 20 hostages. And um, apparently one person escaped but died of a severe neck wound. So we know that these are vampires um, and Buffy knows that she has to go after them, even though she's in a fugitive's body. And meanwhile, in the airport, Faith is seeing the same reporting. Hmm. Um, okay, so let's cut to the three vampires that have taken over this church indeed. The reporter never lies. And uh, they're like talking about how like they're not afraid anymore. Like, the, who's going to kill us? The Lord? <laughs> um, so my question is, like, what? how is this part of Adam's plan? Like, I don't understand this part. Like, what? Like how is this supposed to show that Adam's coming? They barely mention well, him. Well, I, I was going to say that I was going to say this for next episode, but I can say it now instead. The big bad needs minions. You know, um, in the Buffy verse, you are nothing if you don't have a minion to talk to and talk about your evil plans. Right. The master had his minions. The mayor had Mr. Trick and Faith and Alan Finch and stuff. You know, Angel had Drusilla and Spike and other people to talk to. Like, you need people to discuss your plans with. And so far, Adam has been alone. So I think he's learned from one of his floppy disks that if he's going to be the big bad, he needs some minions around so he can talk to them about his evil plans so we know about his evil plans. Mm. Beyond that, you know, in this universe, I think Adam's fucking around. You know, he's like, I'm going to steer three vampires into harm's way and like put them into this uh, conflict with humanity. And I'm going to see what shakes out. Right. He he just, he just wants to know what happens. He's bored. It, it's, he's taken. Well, he's bored, but 
he's still experimenting because yeah. he was made by a scientist, remember? And I think we have to remember that Maggie Walsh was an expert in psychology and conditioning and science. Ah, uh, yes. He is using the scientific method. And previously, he was limiting his experiments to a single body. He was dissecting or vivisecting things to see how they work. He has now graduated to social sciences. He is now seeing how systems work how society works. What happens if you put three vampires into a church with a bunch of humans, right? And he wants to, because his job is to kill everything, but he's being smart about it. He's not just going to go on a rampage in the middle of town because somebody is going to take a grenade launcher to him. So he's like, how do I, you know, understand this world more so that I can disassemble it piece by piece? And that's why when I said earlier, when he's being messianic, that's the problem with a messiah is a messiah, you know, comes to this world to change it. That's how Adam sees himself. He's going to destroy this world. But unlike somebody like Angelus, who just wanted to suck it into hell, Adam is going to be much colder and more methodical about it. He is going to pick it apart piece by piece with his bare hands and his arm needle if he has to. <laughs> Not the arm needle. <laughs> I don't particularly care for Adam as a villain, and we'll get into this more in, in later episodes, but I will say this. The coldness of his mission and his dedication to it is very compelling to me. He is a great contrast from the mayor, who was such a warm, jovial villain, who was dedicated to his mission for personal reasons, Adam doesn't have personal reasons. Adam is just like, this is what I am meant to do. And he is so sure in his conviction and his purpose. And that is what is truly scary about true believers. Thank you so much for pointing that out. This was a stumper for me. So you really made that more clear. I was like, what the hell's going on? Like, why did he do this? So thanks for clarifying. Um, let's cut to Riley in a suit because he's outside the church. And this confused me so much until he explains it in a little bit. But like, he's telling the cops that are there that this is a military operation. He's in charge. Like, they're not prepared to deal with this. And I was like, what is he, FBI now? Because he's wearing this suit. I mean, I'm sure the cops are relieved. They're oh. just like, oh, thank God. Thank God someone else in charge. Oh. So Riley's walking toward the door of the church church and faith comes in obviously he thinks it's buffy and he's like there's three in there and faith is like i'm going in and riley's like you can't go alone and he's like wait wait till the troops get here they're still mobilizing and she says well why are you here and he says oh i like I i'm just here because i was late for church <laughs> and that made Fair. me laugh and it actually made me like riley a lot more because like it's so endearing that he like spent all night having making love yeah, very tame sex with his girlfriend and then he's going to church the next day made him late <laughs> Aww. so so faith says you know when the troops are here send them in um otherwise i'm going and riley tries to stop her right he's like i should come with you and faith says i'm buffy i have to do this and she pokes riley in his wound right and he's like yeah and she's like see i can't use you so if anyone comes out like get them to safety unless they have fangs and she goes so in. i want to point out here that this episode actually shows how similar Buffy and Faith are because in this moment, I think there's, we would have a hard time telling how much of this is Faith, how much of this is Faith trying to be Buffy. I think there's a lot of both aspects of the personality coming out here because Faith and Buffy as slayers, they both have this drive 
to kill monsters and protect the innocent to an extent, right? And Faith may have strayed from that mission statement. But at the end of the day, I do believe Faith feels that need to save people and help people. And at the same time, we're also seeing, you know, she is similar to Buffy. Buffy is similar to her in the sense that Buffy is like when she gets tactical, she gets very practical, right? Like I can totally see Buffy as Buffy poking Riley or not poking him, but being like, Riley, like you're hurt. Like you can't come in with me, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's the same kind of concern, not just for him, but for the mission. So I like how this episode not only explores how Faith and Buffy are quite distinctive people, but how there is that overlap in their personalities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, like you said, like same mission, really, like the same destiny, but just very different upbringings and why and how that brings out a different Slayer. But hey, Faith left the airport. She could have been on her way to San Francisco right now, but she's choosing to come and help. And again, it's like like you're saying, how much of that is her being like, well, Buffy would help and how much of it is Faith who actually feels like she needs to help. And I honestly 100% believe this is Faith who believes this is her her need to help. Well, it's her need to help to be Buffy, right? Oh, so you think she's doing this to play the Buffy role? No, I think she's doing, I agree with what you're saying. Oh, okay, okay. But I, I think that, because we can get into this when she gets into the church, right? Faith is having a breakdown because she tried to be Buffy and then she tried to run away from Buffy's life. And, and she, you know, everything she said in this episode, everything she's done is her rejecting her faithness, right? It, it's her, you know, labeling Faith as a bad person. We saw that from the very opening scene when she's like, Faith is dangerous, Faith's a psycho. Like, you know, she was, and everything she said about Faith, she believes about herself. She's not exaggerating. She truly believes these horrible things about herself because she has such low self-esteem. And that was what the mayor capitalized on last season. So when we see Faith saying, I have to go in and do the right thing, she is trying to convince herself that ending up in Buffy's body can allow her to change and be a good person. Well, yeah, and like look at all the admiration and love that she's experienced in just literally like 12 hours in Buffy's body, right? She's getting trust from her friends. Her mother wants to spend time with her. Her own mother, as far as we know, abandoned her. And then we she have had sex with Riley, which was a downside, but you know, nobody's perfect. <laughs> but he told her he loved her. And like all these people are showing love to Faith, who thought she was getting it from the mayor. But now she's like, oh, well, this is what real love is, right? So. So let's go to the church, right? So so Faith goes into the church and the vampire's like, I said, if they said in cops in here, like, we'll kill people, we'll start the massacre. And Faith is like, I'm not the cops. I just came to pray. And she's like, you're not going to kill these people. And the vampire's like, why not? And she says, because it's wrong. But there's no hint of irony in her voice. There's no sarcasm the way she's been saying it this whole time. She means it, right? She's learning from that. She's like, it is wrong. Even though, you know, eight months ago, she was ready to watch all of Sunnydale die in her own, because like, she's in so much pain and, and like, all, all, obviously all of her mental stuff. But this is it. Like, this is the change, right? This is, it's wrong. So Faith throws one of the vampires across the room and they're like, the slayer. And she says, the one and only. Except the lies, because here comes Giles, Buffy, Willow, and Tara in the truck they stole from the Watcher's Council. Um, and it's so funny because, like, Faith is a wanted 
criminal, but um, they can't get close to the church. The police won't let them. So Giles like does this like really over exaggerated like uh, distraction where he gets up in the cop's face and he's like, "Damn it, man!" He could basically <laughs> yell, "I'm causing a diversion right now." He's like, "Damn it, man! Like, we need to get inside. Our our families are in there, and our, the tiny babies." <laughs> like, it's really wonderful tiny, to watch. Tiny babies. <laughs> He's really good. So Buffy manages to sneak away during all that. Um, so the vampire's telling Faith that they're not afraid of anything anymore. And Faith is like, let these people go. And three of you can take me on. And she starts to fight them. And the people do start escaping out the out the sides. Um, she stakes one. And he he's like mid-flip when he does. It's pretty cool. Um, I will add another Asian vampire tries to escape from the church. And Riley pushes him into the sun. And he dies. Um Buffy, um, in face body, obviously goes and hugs Riley because she sees him, right? And um, he doesn't obviously know who she is. And um, she's like, how many are in there? And it's so funny because Riley's like, who are you? (laughs) So the lead vampire is telling Faith that Adam has shown him the way. And Buffy stakes this vampire from the back um, so that she's face to face with Faith. And this reminds me of back in Consequences. Remember when Faith kills Mr. Trick? And it's like a surprise, mm-hmm. like, oh, you saved my life. And they're face to face once again. So this is a very callback to that for me. Um, so immediately Faith attacks her. She immediately attacks Buffy and starts and they start to fight. And Buffy says, you can't win this. And Faith says, shut up. Do you think I'm afraid of you? And then Faith ends up on top of Buffy, punching her in the face, aka punching her own face. Exactly. Well, and, and here's my thought about this. And I'm, I'm sure it's not original. I'm sure everybody does pick up on this. But like, I don't think Faith, when she lunges at Buffy just now, Obviously, in a second, like, she's calling out to herself and punching herself in the face. But I think from the very beginning of as soon as she sees herself, she attacks herself. Yes. She probably doesn't even register that Buffy's in there. She's just like, there's me. And she goes for it. So she's punching her own face. And she's saying, you're nothing. You're disgusting, murderous bitch. You're nothing. You're disgusting. And it's actually really heartbreaking to watch. And um, yeah. And Buffy does yeah. manage to grab her hand. And all of you, did you know that if you wanted to switch bodies, all you got to do is hold somebody's hand? They switch their bodies back because I guess the green, the green light was well, in Well, but the... you either need a Katra or you need some weird fake not Chinese magic. Right? <laughs> a Chinese fortune cookie, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that was a part of your culture stuff. Well, I didn't realize that that was a secret that you all knew about. <laughs> so that's why all these Asian vampires keep dying because people find out about the secret. Um, so Faith's back in her own body and immediately takes off, right? And and there's a tear falling down Buffy's face because that used to be Faith's face, remember? And uh, and she feels that. So so yeah. So I I it I honestly love this scene it's like one of my favorite scenes for faith in the entire series is her confronting herself and calling herself like disgusting and a murderous bitch and like the the self-loathing and you and i talked so much in season three about how she just fucking hates herself and she's like if i'm gonna be a bad if everyone if i think i'm a bad person i'm just gonna lean into that and now look at her she's had a taste of being good again of being loved and she just hates who she's been she just she can't she can't stand herself. All right, so let's go to Buffy in Riley's room. 
she's wearing a knitted tank top that I actually own one very similar. I think she looks great. <laughs> Not to toot my own horn. But Buffy is getting off the phone with Giles and she's like, Faith's gone. You know, no trace of her. The council's gone too. And Riley is so confused. He's like, how is this possible? And poor sweet Himble Riley. Keep up, Riley. Sweet Himble Riley, who literally didn't know who Faith was a few episodes ago episodes ago didn't know what a slayer was a couple episodes before that <laughs> like this poor guy um buffy says it's magic and riley says i knew there was something i should have picked up on it like i should have just you know and buffy looks at him and realizes and she says you slept with her and riley says i slept with you <sighs> so probably not what you should have said riley you should have been like nope <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would have said. Nope. He said, I love you to her. Oh, so. I always not to say that to Buffy. Right? <laughs> so, but, so Buffy is really hurt by this. You can tell. She gets up and Riley says, you know, I'd really like to get my hands on Faith, you know, but not in a sex way. <laughs> and Buffy says, I don't think she's coming back. And Riley says, yeah, I guess she's had her fun. And Buffy is like so unsure about that. And she says, yeah, fun. And we fade away from Buffy's face onto faith's face who is hitching a ride or i don't know she's probably doing it illegally she's in some back of the truck and she's just dead faced and just staring ahead and she's on her way somewhere else where we don't know where she's going except we do but for now we don't know <laughs> cut to black wow this uh, like i know you said earlier like it's like hush takes away all of the glory in season four and i i get why i understand this episode is like a hard number two. <laughs> you yeah, know? the only reason this episode, the only thing this episode is missing is Mark, the message board guy. <laughs> but we did get the introduction of Bedroom Breakfast, which is a gr- is amazing. <laughs> um, who's your hero? I mean, I think it's obvious, right? Uh, I think like, we agree. It's I gotta think we're... be Tara. Oh come on, Tara, taking it away for her first hero episode. Like, like the Ugh. fact. Okay. Even if she didn't recognize that Buffy was Faith, the way she is with Willow, like we have to reward the wholesomeness of that relationship. We do, um, and and again, like I just I just love the introduction of Tara in this season. Like nothing could have broken my heart more than when Oz left, which is I think what spoiled Tara for me when I was younger and more shallow. <laughs> Where I was like, oh, she should be with her boyfriend. Um, I love Tara. I think she's great. I can't wait to see more of her. Good for her. Wow, that was a long that was a long one, you guys. And I know a lot of you wrote in for this episode. We have a lot of hot stakes, don't we? We have a few hot stakes, uh, some of which we've condensed or summarized. We had a couple of people write in with very similar hot stakes, so we've kind of combined. Or we're just going to mention a couple of names here. We really appreciate it. this. Clearly, we are not alone in thinking this is a really good episode. Yeah, a lot of you wrote in and we really appreciate your enthusiasm because like we said earlier, Faith's the shit. Like, she's such a fun character. So let's, so let's start with Ivy's. Ivy wants to talk about Faith and Riley and she says, my main issue is how Buffy handles this. She becomes upset once she finds out, uh, when she finds out which is valid, 
She never once asks Riley how he feels about it since it happened to him, not to her. She's taking it personal and it's bothering me. I do give her some space considering Faith achieved what Riley uh, with Riley what she was trying to do with Angel back in season three, Enemies. Ooh, good point. And it would be undeniable, un- un- undeniably hurtful to find out your boyfriend slept with someone else. But this isn't the average situation. Also, instead of reflecting on what happened to him, all Riley is concerned about uh, is how Buffy was feeling about it. Like, honey, you were the one, uh, you were the one something happened to. If something like that happened to me and my partner reacted how Buffy did, it would be beyond crushing. Riley is a survivor of sexual assault and Buffy's reaction just doesn't sit right with me. And it never has. Yeah. So, you know, similar to what we talked about when we were discussing that particular scene. And yeah, the, the last scene of the episode, Buffy's just kind of like, oh, like you slept with her. And, and you can tell from her expression, she is... Like, she betrays a disappointment on her face. Whether or not she she goes on to say more about it, like, she looks disappointed. And you can't help how you feel sometimes, but it's just like... I mean, they've all been through a lot. I would, I'm, really, I'm really curious to see how this storyline plays out later and how Buffy deals with it in the next couple episodes because I'm we sure didn't get enough in this one. everybody will deal with it maturely and responsibly and, they'll and nothing have can possibly go wrong. a real adult conversation about it, I'm sure. Absolutely. Riley's very good at that. <laughs> so is Buffy. <laughs> Maybe they'll bring Forrest in. <laughs> Maybe. Also, thanks for that, sh- thanks for that angel shout-out, Ivy. <laughs> Uh, so next up, Shannon wants to talk about Faith and the mayor and says, I think that the mayor leaving Faith, the body swap spell and videotape shows that the last shred of humanity within him really did care for her in his own twisted way. It also really highlights how he always knew what Faith really wanted her life to be, even when she was so deep in denial herself which lends itself to him being a master manipulator who reads Faith like a book. So here Shannon's kind of combining what we talked about last week when we were talking about how, you know, some people read the mayor as loving Faith, some people don't, you know, and Shannon's kind of saying, I can see it both ways. Like maybe he's got some humanity in him still, but he's also manipulating her. Yeah. Um, And then Shannon goes on to say, Also, can we please talk about how funny it is that Buffy is clueless about Tara and Faith immediately clocked Tara and Willow as together? Uh, And, you know, we talked about this. Shannon's not the only one to write in about this. Uh, Angela also write in talking about Faith figuring out Tara and Willow, uh, talking about, as you were saying, this subtext of Faith being bi. And our our next hot stake is going to get into that as well. Uh, there's a lot to unpack here. And I appreciate that we're finally getting into the openly queer part of this show because we have, don't worry, listeners, we are going to have so many more conversations about this. So many, so many. And I will point out to what Shannon said, though, like Buffy hasn't met Tara properly yet, though. So maybe, I mean, I mean, uh, again, sometimes the show just, you know, fumbles the ball on these things. But like, we will see Buffy's reaction to Tara and Willow and whether she's clueless or not moving forward. Um, Thanks, Shannon. Let's get to Kate and her email. She says, yet again, Faith has sex with or tries to have sex with another one of Buffy's boys. First Xander, then Angel, arguably even Scott Hope. Who? (laughs) In the first episode um, she's introduced in. And now Riley. When I first watched this show, I figured this was related to 
face jealousy of Buffy and her desire to be like Buffy. Rewatching it now after coming to terms with my own bisexuality, it has made it clear, though, that Faith's seduction of these men is inevitably tied up in her desire to be with Buffy and to have a sexual relationship with her. It's the classic bisexual question. Do I want to be her or do I want to be with her? This tension is especially relevant in the episode where Faith literally gets to be Buffy. Uh, it's clear that it's not what Faith wants anymore. Ultimately, Faith is not happy being Buffy, as this episode cements. But would she have been happier if she was with Buffy? We'll never know. Thanks, Joss Whedon. Perhaps on some <laughs> subconscious level, Faith knows that the closest she can get to having a relationship with Buffy is by pursuing these men who have had some degree of romantic or sexual feelings for Buffy. For one thing, this would explain why Faith had sex with Xander, gross, because it definitely makes more sense for it to be about Buffy than Faith being attracted to Xander. Ooh, I love it. I love this take. Uh, I, I like this take This take too, because um, back in season three, you and I made a lot of jokes where we're like, Buffy, ooh, Buffy, Buffy, because Faith was making all of her problems about Buffy. So I guess we can, you know, definitely make space for most of Bu of Faith's motivations being about Buffy as well, whether they're sexual well, and just or sexual or, frustration yeah. mm -hmm. and repressing one's queerness, you know. Yeah, for sure. All right, our last at stake is Maria. So everything that Faith experiences while in Buffy's body is everything that she ever wanted but walked away from because she didn't feel like she deserved it. My favorite scene is the final confrontation between her and Buffy, which is really between Faith and herself, having the jerk reaction of attacking herself and calling her nothing. She's a long way to go, but I just love that this episode dedicates these moments for us to see that she is not beyond salvation, even if Faith doesn't see it. Uh, and then Maria also adds, I have a theory that when they switched bodies back, Buffy herself was able to feel just a little bit of the darkness inside Faith, her feeling of self-worth and how she is so lost. Mm, you know? Yeah. And you said, you know, there was that tear on Buffy's body's face, which was from Faith just before they switched bodies. But I also think like in the disorientation of the moment, you know, it's like you switch back, but maybe it's like you have some of that residual feeling that the other person was feeling in your body before you switch. Interesting. Yeah, it's so true. Or like while they cross paths, right? She felt that. Um, it's also just perfectly reasonable to think that Buffy is an empathetic person. She was feeling empathy for Faith in the scene before. She just watched Faith try to beat the shit out of herself. Like that's hard to watch, yeah. right? Whether you're pissed yeah. at her or not. Absolutely. Whew. <laughs> Our listeners are going to enjoy this longer episode, but <laughs> we needed this. It, honestly, it I yeah. wanted this episode. This I needed this episode to come because I was I was <laughs> just like, what is going on with this season? And now I'm like, ah, we're, we're replenished. I'm also, I I have to confess, I am so excited for next week's episode. It's one of my favorite episodes. You know why? We all know why. So before we go, thank you very much to our buy me a coffee supporters, especially our chosen ones, Lizzie, Emma. Hannah, Tiza, Alexandra, Kyle, Kayla, Destiny, Brady, Erica, Justine, Allison, Lena, Chase, Julian, Haley, and Nicola. Thanks, everybody. Woo! Go get some water. Go take a break. <laughs> we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. 
If you want and can afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week. We also invite you to join in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, and Prophecy underscore Girls on Twitter. You can also email us at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website, prophecygirls.ca, where you can find the link to our Discord. Praise Moloch! See you next week!